Welcome back to another episode of the Prime Defective Podcast. We are watching Season 1, Episode 15 of Star Trek The Next Generation. Too short a season. Too long a show. Wish this show was shorter. <laughs> this episode was written by... Oh, shit, there's a whole bunch of them. DC Fontana with the teleplay along with Michael Michalian. I'm going to go... Michalian? <laughs> He's a Micah alien. <laughs> He also wrote the. He also made the story or came up with the story, and Johnny Dawkins as the story editor, and Tracy Torme as executive story editor, and directed by one Rob Bowman. Nothing says great script like eight people writing it, Jerry. Oh yeah, it's never a mess. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of the Prime Defective Podcast, a member of the soon-to-be-named network. I am your host, Brian. On the other side of the microphone is the other host, Jared. Jolon True, Jared. Jolon True, Brian. Seems like forever since we've spoken. Oh, it is. It has been. It's been for a long us. time. Yes. Not for recording, the listeners. <laughs> recording this episode, I still have yet to edit the prior episode, so we might have a twofer coming. Nice. Yes. I've been lazy and busy all the same time. Mm. A little from column A, a little from column B? Yes, mostly from the former. So, do you have any Star Trek news before we get into this rip-roaring episode? No, Brian, there really isn't that much news. Um, The only thing that really has happened is, I believe, Star Trek Beyond got a release date, which I believe is sometime this month. Well, Beyond is already out. You mean Star Trek Discovery. No, No, I meant Beyond. Beyond on DVD. Yeah, on DVD. Yeah. Yeah. I thought you were going to talk about Discovery, because I don't think that since we recorded... We've talked about the fact that Discovery got pushed back five months. Oh, that's right. Yeah, we didn't. I'm sorry. I, you know what? It's been so long since we were in here. I, I can't remember all the news. Yeah. But yeah, that's the only news from Discovery that it got pushed back to. When did it get May? pushed? Back? May. Yeah, May of 2017. Yeah, a whole six months. Yeah. Which makes sense considering what we had talked about last time about like I'm like Jesus, they're going to be ready in January. They have no casting news yet. Which, obviously, they were not going to be ready. Uh, I still trust Brian Fuller, and I'm glad that they basically asked for an extension, trying to rush some shit out the door. Right. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. Also, in recent Brian Fuller news, just to uh, go on the Brian Fuller tip for a second, I guess they're talking legitimately about making a season four of Hannibal. He was involved weird. in that? Yes. He, he Brian Fuller had uh, written, you know, came up with the concept of doing the TV show for it. And they canceled after three episodes or three seasons. Nobody else would pick it up. And now they're talking possibly about doing a fourth season two years down the road, partly because some of the stuff that they wanted to write about and some of the characters they wanted to write about, and particularly Starling, um, are copyrighted and somebody has the rights to it and they will lose the rights in 2017 mm. or the rights will be up for grabs. So they had been debating on whether or not they were going to be able to do the whole um, – Sounds and Lamb storyline because somebody else has the rights and they wouldn't give them to him. That anyway, sounds very, very much. Excited. That sounds like a Tom Paris problem. Hmm. Tom Paris problem. Do you know who Tom Paris is, right? You mean from Voyager? Yes. Yes. But you know how? Yes, this is the whole point. Yes, you talk about the fact that he was supposed to be the character from a prior episode of the Next Generation and can't because they'd have to give that guy royalties. Got it. Yes, Cheap I got bastards. there. Well, yeah, so anyway, it, I, as 
as much as I'm kind of pissed because I thought I was going to only have to wait a few more months to watch some new Star Trek TV and God knows how long. F- has it been 10 years? 15 years? W- when did the Enterprise go off? In 04? 10, 12? 12 years. years. Yeah. So, uh, again, if you're going to push it back to do better stuff to get your shit together, I can't complain about that too much. Right, and you could always watch Beyond when it comes to DVD, like you were saying. <sighs> yeah, and I, I, I can't decide if I'm going to buy that one or not. Um, do you have? Do you own Into Darkness? No, I did not buy Into Darkness because I hated it so much. But I do own uh, Star Trek 09. Right. Because I do like that one. <clears throat> so, and I, like I said, when I watched Beyond, I was in a lot of pain from my gallbladder. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that hampered my enjoying, enjoying the movie. It probably did. It was an enjoyable movie. Yeah. It was an enjoyable movie. It wasn't like, you know, anything to write home. It wasn't like great or anything, but it was good. Well, and that's kind of like the other thing I wanted to bring up as far as news. There's been a ton of 50th anniversary uh, panels and stuff going on for Star Trek, since obviously this is the 50th anniversary. Mm -hmm. Um, But I really feel that Paramount... CBS, I guess that's who owns Star Trek, right? Paramount slash CBS. Um, Paramount, yeah. Uh, just really dropped the ball on the 50th for this. You mean by not having Discovery ready? Or just, just not, just not having anything ready. Like, the well, only thing... Beyond. Beyond, Beyond. Beyond was their big 50th anniversary thing, but they didn't even, like, play that up in the advertising. And they barely had any advertising for the movie. Hmm. Um... You know, and it just didn't feel, you know, it, it was a Star Trek movie, but it just didn't feel epic enough to be like, it's fucking 50 years of these characters, and here's what we're going to give you. I think the only thing I saw is, uh, it might have been History Channel did a 50th anniversary special, and it was a real fluff piece, hmm. and some revisionist history going on in there. Like, if anybody Ooh. has seen Chaos on the Bridge, yeah, or any other solid real interviews with people you know that gene roddenberry was a goddamn maniac (laughs) but according to this thing gene is just a visionary and the greatest guy in the world and they didn't interview like they didn't touch upon any of the problems like if you watch chaos on the bridge you learned he did not even want to do next generation like they came to him and were like we want another star trek and he's like fuck that noise I got screwed over last time. I ain't doing that shit again. And they're kind of like, well, if you don't, we're going to do it without you. <laughs> and he begrudgingly did it. According to this special I saw, Gene was like, I got a great idea. I'm going to bring Star Trek back. <laughs> and everyone's like, it was visionary. And I'm just like, that's not what I heard. But anyway, I understand. It's not for the hardcore fans. It's for, you know, oh, Star Trek's 50? Cool. Let me watch this. Oh, yeah. Look at that. Right. Um, but they touched upon almost every show. I guess it's more, for me, it's more of a celebration of everything Star Trek, not just the original series. Well, yeah. It's, I mean, it's supposed to be. I, I would feel a celebration of everything over 50 years. Right. But, you know, some people, you know, it's kind of like, well, it's just 50 years since the first episode. You know. Gotcha. So, I mean, it's one way of looking at it. But other than that, when, they do a, when they do a 50-year, a 50 uh, you know, celebration for Doctor Who, it was about all of Doctor Who. Right. And about, like, that, the first episode. That was fucking epic. Yeah. That it was. fucking a, was. <laughs> that really was. And I'm not even a fan of Doctor Who, and I saw it. And I still thought it was cool. 
Yeah. You know, I was like, oh, they got all the di-, you know, it's that that whole thing. Like, could you imagine if if they were like, look, they planned this ten years out, and they're like, we're bringing all the captains together for like a fucking made for TV movie, something right, something like that. How awesome would that have been? I'd watch the fuck out of that. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. Anyway, other than that, there's really no other news. Gotcha. Yeah, maybe in another 50 years. <laughs> when I'll, I'm, join, I'll join you back here. When I'm 91. <laughs> All right, so this week, let's continue on. We are talking about Season 1, Episode 15 of The Next Generation, titled Too Short a Season, which I have retitled The Mysterious Case of Admiral Button. <laughs> yes, this is definitely a... <laughs> it's funny, because I said the same thing when I was watching, and I go, oh my god, they did Admiral Buttons before Benjamin Button. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy uh, I remember uh, you know when I see this episode come up on the list I remember times watching it and being like man this this episode really always confuses the fuck out of me not not for the storyline with the admiral per se but the convoluted negotiation hostage situation yes. back and forthiness weapons it's like it's a muddle fucking mess Yes, it is. Well, give a quick summary. I'm going to give a quick summary right now. 90 or 80 or 100-year-old Admiral Jensen. Oh, please, come on. He's clearly 175. <laughs> he, in in what may be the worst makeup throughout the entire series of The Next Generation. Well, most, just give this, we'll get to that. Yeah, okay. Uh, basically, is called upon to help with a terrorist negotiation on another planet. Uh, Picard is to uh, escort him and his wife uh, along to this planet where he kind of knows this person, this individual. This individual asked for him directly, asked for the admiral directly, and said he needs to be the negotiator. He needs to come. Well, he had previously negotiated their peace treaty. That's what it right. was, right? Right. That's what eventually you get, yeah. you get out of it is that he had he had at one point in time, forty years ago, negotiated their peace treaty. Uh, so uh, the admiral shows up. He's in uh, a uh, Captain Pike wheelchair, or Admiral Pike was Pike an admiral when he got in the, when he was in the wheelchair? That's a good question, sir, and I do not know. Um, I, I don't know. He's always referred to as Captain Pike, so he yeah, m- so might have been in that. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it, it, in a Pike ask wheelchair, uh, a more uh, modern version. Sure. <laughs> Why not? He doesn't uh, have the beeping though. <laughs> this guy could talk, unfortunately. Yes, he, he was talking and, and not drooling and staring off into space. So he shows up and he's like, I'm in control when I'm on here. The uh, Starfleet has given told me that I'm in control of you know this mission and the away teams and blah, blah, blah. I'm going to be the one who negotiates everything. And Picard's like, whatever. And uh, they fly and he, the Admiral starts suffering attacks of some sort where... He's kind of playing the uh, Sanford and Son, I'm coming, <laughs> I'm coming, <laughs> Elizabeth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know, heart attack kind of thing. But uh, he's slowly de-aging, and we come to find out that uh, he had taken some type of alien medicine slash cure to de-age him and also try to cure him of this incurable disease he has. Um, but... It was going to take too long for him to de-age the appropriate amount. So instead of taking the one dose that he bought for himself, he took two doses, one that he had bought for himself and one that he had bought for his wife. They are happening way too quickly and and de-aging him way too quickly, which is causing massive trouble to his body. And the reason he had done this was because he wanted to be young and fit 
as a fiddle to face against this guy who he had dealt with 40 years earlier to negotiate these hostage situations. And what we come to find out is that the way he negotiated the hostage situations 40 years ago was that he had given all the weapons. He, gave, he basically gave arms for hostages to this guy. but uh, the Just like were, Reagan. Right. <laughs> it was the Contras all over again. And uh, he, he did not just give them to this guy. He also gave the same amount of weapons to their mortal enemy which is why the guy wanted the weapons in the first place. He felt that that was only even, was to arm both sides appropriately. That was his interpretation of the prime directive, is what he says. So basically we turn out that the guy who has the hostages this time just wants revenge on Admiral Jansen for what he did 40-some years ago because they had been in this, these people had been in the Civil War for 40 years. But the guy never gets his revenge because Jansen shows up on the planet and promptly dies of young age. Is that how he dies? I thought he gets shot by a phaser. He is dying from the phaser, but oh. he is like I mean he got shot, right. but his body just can't recover because he's de-aging at such a rapid rate that his he's not stable, is what right. he said. His his DNA is all fucking Kimbo and mm-hmm. he's he's I'm surprised he didn't just start melting. That would have been great. Mm-hmm. Or if he just turned into a baby and they shot the phaser at the baby. Only if he had a little admiral suit when he was the baby. <laughs> it would have been awesome. <laughs> Admiral Rattle. <laughs> so that's the quick summary of this story. It is the story's a nightmare. So the the guy's old age makeup is one hundred percent. Well, that way, ten percent. That way, Brian. Right. Did you like this episode? <laughs> I like parts of this episode, but I don't like the overall storyline with the hostage negotiation bullshit. Right. I like this guy de-aging, and I like, like, what's going on with him in that aspect, even though the makeup's terrible. I like that he found some cure for his thing, and he's de-aging. I wish there was a better storyline to go along with it. That's all. I hear you. Did you like this episode? I know. I fucking hated this episode. Okay. Uh, And and mainly because, you're right, to me it seemed like there were two stories here that they jammed together. Mm-hmm. You got my chocolate and my peanut butter, my peanut butter and my chocolate. And separately, I think they could have been better compelling stories. One about a guy who's de-aging, which would have been interesting, and dealing with that. And, you know, a political-type drama episode about, you know, arming people and the fallout of that. You know? And, you know, and, and, a, and a fucking shady admiral, <laughs> again, <laughs> you know, screwing things around and Picard having to deal with that. Uh, so you don't get too much of each in this one, unfortunately. Right. Although you definitely get more of the aging stuff than you do of the negotiations. Mm-hmm. But none of it makes any sense to me. Um, his his reasoning for using the, the, the drug when he easily could have just done this, you know, where he was, at the age he was. Um, and... The revenge plot seems a little convoluted, <laughs> yeah, in my opinion. But and overall, just boring and just it was kind of all over the place. I mean, it, I feel like that's like the five writers we talked about here. Like they made maybe they had two separate episodes that they were trying to make, and then like 
Well, these aren't going to work separately. Let's jam them together. It's, I don't know. It's quite possible somebody wrote an episode about an admiral arming two different factions on a planet, and it was a political thing, and they and Picard figures it out or whatever and has to deal with it, and the admiral gets sent away to jail or something like that. And someone was probably like, there's no science fiction in this one. Uh, why don't we have the admiral DH? <laughs> <laughs> we don't have some kind of incurable disease. We need to have on this show because everything's been cured so far. Yeah, and if I had to take my if I had to take my guess, I'd say DC Fontana probably wrote the political part of it, and then someone told her, "Listen, you crazy woman, <laughs> we got to science this shit up. We need sci- we need to science the fuck out of this." Yeah, and then they brought in uh, Michael McAlian. <laughs> so back to the terrible old age makeup. Yes, I know. I, I kept this- drawing you off that. <laughs> no, that's fine. When this dude first shows up on the telescreen, or whatever the fuck they call it, the visiphone, I don't know. The view screen? The view screen. <laughs> when he first shows up I on knew the you view hated screen. Star Trek. <laughs> what? So I knew you hated Star Trek. <laughs> the visiphone. When he first shows up, man, oh man. Not only is the makeup terrible, but the guy's acting, his old age acting. Oh yeah. He is, is over the top. <laughs> he is. Geriatricing it up like you wouldn't believe. <laughs> I feel like he's trying to do what retards do when they try to do an impersonation of like Mark Twain. Like I don't know. Like it's really <laughs> weird his his old age impersonation. I was very curious because it's been so long since I've seen this episode. I was when they when he first showed up, I was like, I can't remember what the real dude looked like or how young he actually was. And that dude who played him must have been Way early 20s. Yes. Uh, maybe you don't remember the movie One of the Guys. Of course I do. But he was he was the boyfriend in that movie. Holy or, shit, you're right. The guy yes. who liked James Brown? Yes. Wow. You're right. Yeah. Well, anyway. That's the so, only thing I know him from. So, so as I was watching, I think I go, I, is this like what a 20-year-old thinks an old person acts like? That's and, all I could figure. And that's why he's like all like head bobbling like <laughs> just like which, oh my god, dude. Which which is funny you bring that up because in the first interaction with Picard, it's a close up Picard's face looking at the view screen and then they go to the view screen, they come back to Picard. And the first time they show Picard talking to them, the look on Picard's face has such contempt. <laughs> Like, what the fuck with this guy? All I could think of is like he is seeing the old age makeup and being like I'm like almost this guy's age. <laughs> and look, I look perfectly fine. And this guy's bobbling around and being all fuckery. Well, great. So we all know Patrick Stewart in the first season was like, what have I gotten myself into? <laughs> he probably says he's like, oh, God, just pay me so I can move back to Royal Shakespeare. <laughs> uh, I have written down here, so we've spaced up a few things. We've spaced up the wheelchair, mm-hmm. which is, uh, hasn't really improved since the cage. No, and in 75 we, years. We have better wheelchairs now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we, we, we spaced up the drawers in the... In the in yes, the, uh, so, so unnecessary. I'm like, <laughs> I was watching it, I go, really? We don't need... Ha- <laughs> in space, we don't need handles on our drawers. We have to have these weird push things. They just push them, and they, and they automatically close. Now, I did think maybe there was a reason for this. So they're not on rollers and stuff like that. So when the ship lists, you know, the drawers don't open. I'd I'd have to find out how they do it on a boat in our time. 
I'm sure there's like some kind of magnetic locking mechanism. Well, I was just on a boat. Oh, <laughs> you were. And they have handles, but they do have like a little at the very end when you push it. You push it closed, like or it it, it re, like the the rollers like get to a certain point and then it retracts it. Right. So it's 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 fairly firmly in there. It does not need an electronic button, and you know. I don't know did. how you handled your trip with those Stone Age type drawers. I don't that you were using. Do you need because, any push button? <laughs> maybe it's because I don't put shit in drawers when I travel. Well, you know, actually, your theory doesn't really hold up because while the ship does get shook a lot when it gets hit by stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Other than that, it's perfectly stable. They have inertial dampeners to stop that kind of shit. So it's not like you know when the ship banks, all the drawers are going to open on the left hand <laughs> side of the ship. But there's a possibility that the inertial dampers will fail, like they do probably every other week. So someone was like, "Look, man, <laughs> these inertial dampeners—they're pretty sketchy. They're not always working. <laughs> so to avoid this problem, I invented space drawers. <laughs> I spaced up the drawers. Um." The the admiral is constantly giving the 25th century duck face. Also, when <laughs> he just like I said, they're just going back to the way he looks all the time when he's old. He's just constantly got like duck face. I don't. I'm just going by my notes here. 25th century duck face. Hey, his wife on the show. Yes, is that the grandmother from Happy Gilmore? No, you're positive. No, oh. <laughs> but I'm. I'm pretty sure. That was Angie. I know who you're looking at the internet right now. Hold on one second. Her name is Marsha Hunt. She is still alive. Born in. Her to be the voice of the computer in uh, Discovery. Uh, She's going to be 100 years old next year. I'd like to see what her old age makeup looks like. (laughs) Can we de youngify her? Okay, she was not on uh, Happy Gilmore. No. No. Okay, anyway. (laughs) <laughs> um, so yes, yeah, so the uh, the the admiral's got Iverson's disease, which we come out to fi- uh, find out is um, incurable, and I guess just makes people really decrepit because they don't really go into what it does. It doesn't affect the mind; it affects the body, right? Which would be why he's in a wheelchair. I mean, he looks like he's <laughs> got one foot in the grave already, oh, yeah. just from being that old. So it's just like, all right, man. Uh, you know what I love, too, about Star Trek is they eliminated all the common diseases that we get, you know, like headaches and colds, and they're like, I can't, I don't know what that is. But they invented all kinds of new ones mm-hmm. that no one's ever heard of, <laughs> like Shalot Syndrome. You know what that is? I've heard it, but I don't remember what it is. It's what Picard has. Picard has Shalot Syndrome when he was a kid. It affected and his hearing. It affected his hearing? Yeah, and they fixed it. Now, that actually oh. might be real. I don't know. They spaced it up. Uh, what else I got here? Yep, he starts suffering attacks. We come to find out that he's slowly de-aging, and the rest of the makeup is still atrocious. Yeah, I love, too, how every time he does one of his dramatic changes, yeah, he is always in shadow while he's talking to somebody, and then he'll, like, push his face out, and they'll be like, what? Well, now, there is one time he's in shadow when he's talking to the person on the planet who he's, he is going to help negotiate for. Right. And the reason for that, though, 
is the whole ending bit where the guy doesn't believe the young man he's looking at is the admiral. Right. He didn't see the change. That's why he's in shadow. It's so such horseshit. Right. And so then many things. I know. And then Picard goes and meets him in the in the 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 observation room, and he's in shadow again. Right. And then he pops out again. And it, and again, for a good chunk of the show, at least in the beginning, everybody in the Enterprise just is like completely oblivious to shit. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, oh, he he looks a little bit younger. I don't know. <laughs> you know, when I saw him fifteen minutes ago. <laughs> in my notes here, I have they clearly need more light on the Enterprise. <laughs> All the shadows. Yeah. <laughs> and yes, there is at a point in time where, okay, so when he, when we first have an inkling that he, something's going on with him, he, uh, he m- m- slowly gets out of his own wheelchair and hobbles over to a chair in, in the room with his wife. And the wife's like, oh, you're feeling stronger today. Then the next scene, he's on the bridge and he gets out of his wheelchair and walks across the entire length of the bridge to sit at the con. And everyone is very surprised that he's able to get up out of the wheelchair, including Dr. Crusher, who's like, what the fuck? He's got Iverson's disease. He shouldn't be able to do that. Right. And they still let this doddering old fuck drive the ship. <laughs> right. I'm sure. I have a feeling that whoever, somebody else was sitting in another panel actually steering. <laughs> <laughs> let the old man think he's driving. Like Data gave one of his gay-ass looks to Jordy and was like, I got this. Don't worry. Right. One of his, his common gay-ass looks. Yeah. Because I can't wait, by the way, till that goes away, to when they get Jordy down in uh, engineering. engineering. Because I, what is the deal with the two of them constantly looking at each other? I don't know. They, they just wanted them buddy up. I don't know. Every episode, one of them is looking at the other one and giving like a slight smile, and then they don't say anything, and they move on to the next scene. Am I wrong, or is this happening? No, you're absolutely right. I've mentioned it before. I don't know why it's like that, though. Anyway, I'm sorry. I'm looking for other stuff to talk about, because there's really not much to talk about in this episode. All right, so so then he reveals, uh, the Admiral reveals to Picard, uh, well, in a conversation with the wife and everyone else, he says, well, I've taken both of these doses, and this is what's going on, and I'm de-aging and la, 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 and I did it because I want to negotiate the peace, and I want to be young again to be able to do that and strong. Um, and then right before they're about to go to the planet, he well, he makes a call to a private call to the person on the planet who he had supposedly negotiated peace for before. Right. But we turn out that there's very there's an animosity between the two of them. and then we come Karnas is his name. Yes. I could not remember his name. But we do come to find out with uh, the Admiral's conversation with Picard that what really happened was he didn't negotiate peace so much as uh, get 20 hostages back for a bunch of weapons and then provide the other people with the same amount of weapons, et cetera, et cetera. And this guy actually wants revenge because because of that move, instead of him crushing his enemies very easily with the weapons he was provided, both sides were armed and they were plunged into a 40-year civil war with millions of people being killed. Sorry. So, yeah, whoops. So, but he really, so Karnas is actually the one who has the hostages, and he wants revenge. And he says, if this guy, if the Admiral doesn't come down, he's going to kill all the hostages and do more shit. So the Admiral comes to the bridge and he's like, we're going down there. I want to speed up to warp eight. And when he shows up on the bridge, no one gives questions the fact that he now looks like a 20-year-old. Right. Um, Says, I want to speed up to warp eight because I want to get there before our previously announced time to surprise this dude. I want to be able to, to beam down to the planet and try to rescue the hostages before I even meet with this dude. And this is a completely unnecessary scene. <laughs> the whole, this whole 
going down there to rescue the hostages scene is completely unnecessary because once they get down to the planet and into these tunnels underneath the base or the city, the Admiral is saying, this is the way, I know this is the way, this is where it used to be, even though Data is clearly showing him that according to their scans, the place that he's talking about has been walled up and there is no more. Yeah, no it's more only longer. been 40 years, Admiral. Right. <laughs> There's no longer a passageway through here. So they get to the part that's been walled up and they cut a hole through the wall in order to, to cut through. And um, Yar says, you know, why don't we just do a scan for where the hostages are and we can beam in there directly? And to which the Admiral says, Scanning is no replacement for a personal reconnoiter. <laughs> your fa- I noted that, too, when he said your favorite word. <laughs> I said, oh, Brian's going to make note of that one. <laughs> uh, so they go through the hole in the wall, and they have basically set off alarms because Jordy's like, there's alarm. Uh, there's infrared lines over there, and people come and start shooting up the place, which I also learned um, that phasers being set to kill have a different sound than phasers set to stun. Oh, really? I did not notice that. Well, because Data says, those phasers are set to kill. Oh. <laughs> and Picard says, thank you, Mr. Data. I can tell by the sound, or I've heard that sound before. Oh, I didn't catch that. Yeah. So I was like, I guess they, they sound different. I didn't realize that. Uh, so, yeah, Admiral gets shot. Then they go, Karnes is like, if they, you assholes don't show up here within five minutes, I'm going to start killing hostages because I know that you guys tried to break in and steal the hostages out from under me. I also have a note here about why the fuck does the Admiral still talk like an old person? Oh. I guess because he still, he actually is an old person. He is still 90 or 100 years old, even though he looks 20. So maybe that's why he still talks like an old yeah, person. Yeah, I guess but, so. Um, then I also have written down, how old is Karnes? Because... I was trying to do the math. The Admiral I have written down here is 85. Is that what they say? Ago, yes. At some point in time, they say he's 85. All right. Ooh, Which, he's a rough wow. 85. He's fucking, yeah. He <laughs> rode hard and he's put He's got a lot back. of miles on him. <laughs> yes. A lot of old, bad road. Uh, 40 years ago is when he negotiated the peace. So, and, and at one point in time, Picard says 45 years. Right. So... He was either 45 or 40 at the time of the peace negotiation. A five-year difference. Carnus doesn't look a day over 60. Right? I, would, I might say you might be pushing. He might be like 50. Well, that's what I'm saying. He doesn't look over 60. He, yeah. So he was He was 10. 10. Yeah, he was okay. 10 when he, he got 10. We're gonna, He was 10 when he negotiated peace. Got it. I, the fucking the age difference doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it is really odd that they did, they didn't cast somebody to an actual old person to kind of match what the admiral was supposed to be. Yeah, like the admiral could have been Carnus's f- fucking grandfather. <laughs> the way they had it set up. Yeah, I'd actually like to go find out the actor who played Carnus and find out how old he was during that because he does not look nearly the age he, the the admiral does. I could tell you that right now. I know you could, but. He's dead. <laughs> he was, uh, so we'll assume this was shot in 87. Sure. Wow. He was 49. <laughs> so, yeah. So, 50. You were right. Yeah. Wow. So, 40 years ago, he was nine. He negotiated peace <laughs> at nine. What's interesting is his last name is Pataki. Pataki. 
Uh, and to cap the entire show, Jared, my last note in my book is why do they do the knowing nod between Jordy and Dana? <laughs> That's my last note. I did not realize I wrote that note until I just got down to it. So, kudos. Right, so he gets down there, he dies, and everything ends. And it's a pretty boring episode to, yeah. from start to finish. Yeah, I did like the aging stuff, not so much the Iran-Contra affair stuff. I didn't really care for the aging stuff. Maybe because it's just, it just it seems old hat to me now. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm sure I've seen this in other shows, and you know, so it's not so shocking. But maybe back in 87, that was the first time we'd ever seen anything like that. It's a possibility. My only real, one real gripe with this, with this episode, well, I'm not going to say, like, it isn't my one gripe, but is once Picard finds out that this admiral not only took a drug to de-age himself, took a double dose of it, mm-hmm. and is clearly having fucking problems, that he doesn't immediately call Starfleet and be like, I don't think this is the guy we should send in for this. Uh, <laughs> there's something going on. He's on all these drugs. Can we send another person in, or can I go down and negotiate this? But Picard's just like, all right, crazy admiral. Uh, I'll do whatever you say. To the point, Picard actually sitting in the fucking first officer seat at one point. Did you notice that? Yes. So, I don't know, Picard. I, I have a feeling later seasons Picard would have not been so, like, just got to follow orders with this crazy drug taken. It's just like, like say, like, they brought, like, an admiral onto, like, an actual destroyer in the Navy to do, I don't know, to do something. Yeah. And he says to the captain, he's like, look. When I negotiated this thing 40 years ago, I was on cocaine. So I need to do double the amount of cocaine I did right, in order to be exactly like I was. Do you feel the captain of the destroyer be like, that makes total sense, okay? Makes perfect sense. Carry on. Double cocaine. Mark it down. Double Can cocaine. someone get the Admiral? <laughs> Yeoman, come here. I know you have cocaine. Double so, cocaine. Stat. Some interesting things about this story. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Michael Michalian's original script, mm-hmm. Admiral Jameson does not die, but reverts to the age of 14 and does not remember his wife. He helps Governor Zepic, who I guess is the other person that Carnes is fighting. Yes. And his rival, a high priest in their negotiations. In this story, Jameson was responsible for moving Commander Riker away from the Enterprise D to command his own ship and being promoted to captain, which is something that's going to start coming up soon, I believe. Right? I don't recall. I'm pretty sure Riker gets offers his first command somewhere in the first season. He gets it offered a lot, but I think this was the first one. <clears throat> At the end of the episode, a 14-year-old Jameson is re- received a tour of the Enterprise D by one Wesley Crusher, who was not in this episode. Huh. I wonder how the hell all that changed. Like... It's so weird. I don't know. <clears throat> also, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, hold on. <clears throat> Admiral Jameson's state-of-the-art 24th century wheelchair was a problem. It cost the prop department $10,000. What? But it did not even move well enough to be anything more than a hindrance. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the director simply had to shoot around it. <laughs> I was going to say, there's one scene where he rolls in... To the room with his wife. The wife is using the space drawers. 
and you see in the mirror behind, like you see the mirror in front of her, but you see like the reflection behind her where the doors open, and you see the wheelchair start entering. Right. She turns around, and you see the front of the wheelchair enter the frame near her and stop with nobody pushing it. So clearly, it's like remote controlled or whatever. I don't think he's controlling oh. it, but I could be wrong. But well, that's it. That's the only time you see that fucking wheelchair move. Yeah, it's funny to note that the uh, they refer to the wheelchair as the big albatross. And learning from this fiasco, the production crew opted for a much simpler chair uh, in an episode of uh, Deep Space Nine where someone uses a wheelchair. I remember seeing that. That looked like a regular wheelchair with they kind of spaced it up a little bit. But it was definitely just on regular wheels. Well, because Deep Space Nine is out in the middle of nowhere and it's all, you know. Right. They couldn't afford fancy space wheelchairs. Uh, let's see here. It came through the wormhole from the other <laughs> galaxy. <laughs> from the other quadrant. Uh, this episode marks the first appearance of a uniformed Starfleet Admiral in the next generation, although Q wore an Admiral's dress uniform in Hide and Q. So this is our first Admiral. And our he's first a shitbag. Dirty Admiral. Right. Yeah, it, this started the trend of shitbag Admirals all through Star <laughs> Trek. Um, this is the first time that Picard has ever occupied the first officer's chair. And it's only one of three times ever. Hmm. And that's about it. And nobody else has anything else interesting to say about this other than the fact <laughs> that uh, <laughs> uh, the phasers that Karnas was using was from Star Trek II, Wrath of Khan, and Star Trek Three: The Search for Spock. Oh. They were modified. Uh, Jeez, I don't know how people fucking pick that shit up. Like, I had no idea either. I would have never gotten that. You have to really not hate Star Trek to figure that one out. Mm-hmm. That'll never be us. Nope. <laughs> nope. I mean, again, I hate to say it, but it seems like every episode we're like, oh, my God. <laughs> there was one or two that we liked, but they're just, like, you've said it before. They just, they don't have their footing. Um, Apparently, as I've been told, the term growing a beard isn't to reference <laughs> the fact that right. when, when Riker grows his beard, you know, everything starts to smooth out. And uh, so much so that the term also applied to Avery Brooks in Deep Space Nine. That when he grew his beard, the show started getting better. Mm. Yeah, I would yeah. say. Cause I'd say that's true. I like Deep Space Nine all the way through, but it definitely hit high high gear when the beard was grown and the head if was shaved. Only, if only Janeway and Archer grew beards. Archer, uh, listen, and you know, because of this 50th anniversary thing, I've been watching a lot of YouTube ch- uh, sh- stuff on Star Trek, like top 10 favorite episodes, top 10 worst episodes and stuff like that. I cannot believe the fucking hate that Enterprise gets from people. I from, don't understand it. From either. hardcore fans. And they're like, this show sucked and this show did. And they're like, the first two seasons were fucking dog shit. And I'm like, the first two seasons were my favorite. I know people like three and four, but one and two. But I, I'm just so surprised at how much hate that show gets. Yeah, I don't get it. I really like I really like Enterprise, and maybe that goes to the fact that I hate Star Trek. Yes, well, of course. If you hate I don't know Star Trek, better. you would love Enterprise. <laughs> right, I just don't know any better. Right. Now, if I was being a real dickbag, I'd say, oh, seasons three and four were my favorite. You know, when they fucked it all up and added all the action and screwed up the theme song. Those were my favorite <laughs> Star Trek episodes of all time. But they weren't. And the other thing, too, is that everybody, they consistently talk and they're like, well... Enterprise only lasted four seasons because it sucked and it got canceled. And that's not the truth. Enterprise got canceled because the UPN folded. 
Oh, that's why? Yeah. They w- they were set for a fifth season, and then uh, p- some programming things changed over at UPN. Some- somebody new came in to head it up, and they wanted to take it in a new direction or something like that, so they got rid of Star Trek, and then UPN folded, like, right after that. Oh, I didn't know that. I thought it, I thought it had bad ratings. So it no, it was probably the most... I would have to assume that it was the best-rated show on... The, can you think of any other show on the UPN besides the Star Trek show and not Homeboys in Space? <laughs> uh, Buffy? Buffy was UPN? I thought that was CW. Buffy was on UPN um, for a little while. And it was on CW first, and then UPN picked it up for through the last two seasons. Oh, okay. Well, I would call Plus that... Three st- seasons? I would primarily call that CW. Or WB at the time, I believe it was. It was WB at the time. No, that's what they... That UPN picked it up because WB was getting rid of it. No. Oh. Or maybe I have it backwards. No, I'm pretty sure WB had it first, and then CW picked it up. Or uh, fucking UPN. God no. damn it. Well, okay, so besides a show that they picked up for, for the last two seasons, was there any other notable shows on UPN? No. Not that I can think of. Mm-hmm. Homeboys in Space. Jesus Christ. <laughs> that was UPN, wasn't it? I'm sure it was. I, I could barely remember that that show existed. So, kudos. <laughs> Asshole. Oh, man. Anyway, there's my rant on Enterprise. <laughs> well, thank you for that rant, sir. And thank you, kind listener, for tuning in again to the Prime Defective Podcast, a member of the soon-to-be-named network. Make sure you check out all of our episodes at theprimedefective.com, or you can hit us up on the Twitter machine at the Prime Def, where we will answer you. Uh, you make comments about the show. Let us know if you like it or not. We'll uh, talk back at you. You can also check us out on the soon to be named network.com or soon to be named network.tumblr.com with other like minded shows in the network, pop culture, comic books, uh, today's news, you know, stuff like that. Uh, religion or lack thereof. We have a show for everybody, so tune on, go on over to uh, the soon to be named network. And uh, feel free to uh, write an iTunes review for us over at the iTunes. Check for Prime Defective Podcast. And next week, we will be covering Season 1, Episode 16 of The Next Generation, titled When the Bow Breaks. Looks like it's heavy on the, uh, <laughs> on the Wesley. It's heavy on the Wesley. It's heavy on the children. It's light on story. <laughs> or light on quality storyline. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm reading the plot line for Homeboys in Outer Space. <laughs> <laughs> it's not Homeboys in Outer Space, is it? It's Homeboys, it's homeboys, it's homeboys in Outer Space. Oh, jeez. Lasted one season. <laughs> too many. <laughs> Straight-laced Morris Clay and fun-loving Tiberius Walker are two Han Solo wannabes who fly around the galaxy in a space oopty. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> How come we're not doing a podcast about that? Show? A used starship that looks like a winged car and comes with a smart mouth computer called Laquisha. <laughs> I am not making this up. I know. <laughs> oh, and the car has the hots for one of them. Okay. <laughs> yeah, why are we not doing that? Right. <laughs> Sorry. It's all right. Uh, but until next time, Jared. Well, Joel on true, sir. Joel on true, Brian. And see you in the Jeffrey's tubes. Shut up, Wesley. Carnass may not have them in the same place. There's no substitute, Lieutenant, for a little personal reconnoiter.